Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and I'd like to welcome you. Today, I want to say 24, day 24 of the Warriors' never-ending championship celebration. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, returning, not here, not here with any gambling advice, but here with a with a personality of gold and just charm, lavender gooms. That is correct. Sorry, I missed last week, guys. And on today, this momentous day, this famous of birthdays, I want to wish a very happy birthday, July fourth, to Mike the Situation Sarantino and Meyer Lansky, aka the Mob's accountant. Happy birthday, boys. Well, we're just shouting stuff out. We want to say happy birthday yesterday to Brett the Hitman Hart. You know, just saying. The goat over there. Happy birthday to America. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, by the way, the, uh, those of you who reached out, which definitely this happened, and told us how much you enjoyed Junior being on the podcast, um, we're going to try to convince him to come back on again another time. Maybe we'll have him give actual, you know, betting recommendations because we're not going to spill the beans on all of his business. But my man had a good night, Saturday night, okay? Junior Junior was a revelation. I really, I always enjoy listening to the podcast when I'm not here. It's so much easier. I, not, I, not, I, I, I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, in general, oh, okay. what, uh, not as an insult, but like, if, like I can't, when I can't, if I'm listening to myself, is, it's a whole different ball of wax compared to listening to like, you guys without me. Like, that's why I like listening to, like, the stuff Mark's putting online because I'm like, ah, oh, there's no chance of me showing up, you know, messing this up audio-wise. It's great. But, Mike, you were saying, sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say that Junior was a breath of uh, fresh air. Um, you know, a guy who's 25, 26, and all he does is just grind the fights. It reminds, it reminds me of us about 10 years ago before mm-hmm. we became embittered and, you know, with girlfriends you know for two out of three of us and um you know just general life beating and grindiness to a nub uh i do have a bone to pick with uh inferno as i've uh, dubbed him Mm. um he didn't give us the good picks right (laughs) i feel i feel he sent he sent you a screenshot bobby of the 112 fight parlay he did, which I jumped on that shit real quick. Oh, yeah. I was on the Inferno bandwagon. I was on the hot stove, sir. <laughs> I was burning for some picks. <laughs> All right? I thought Munoz was going to win. Inferno tells me I've got a really good feeling for him. Guess what I do? I put a 50 on, on Yeah, I, I, I had 50 on Munoz also. If I had that. gotten that other set of picks, guess what I would have I would have laid another 50 on yeah. it, all right? Because yeah. I had money just burning a hole in my pocket, apparently. <laughs> I lost so much money. Thank God I decided to chase 
with the last three fights, yep. was able to recruit. That was it. That last three fight for me too, man. That was a lot. The last three fight bet. That parlay really just cleaned up the mess for the rest of the evening. Though at the end, ABC, got, mm. ABC, always be chasing. Well, to be clear, you went on this podcast and picks Max Holloway, but then on the gambling wise, they're like, <laughs> "Yo, man, I need some safety." Or they get Alex Volkanovski. <laughs> That's what happened, huh? And <laughs> hey, man, I get a lot more conservative when it comes to my checkbook. Um. Yeah. Um, to, and to, to his credit, every pick he made on the podcast, he was right. Right. I don't think he got any of those wrong. Uh, I think he was 100 percent on the podcast. So yeah. Yeah. So basically, there you go. if Bruce Junior starts a podcast, uh, we're not telling you because there's no reason for you to listen to us at that point. Is what we're getting at. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm, just I'm saying. <laughs> Real Mike's like, I'm listening. I'm trying to get paid here. Um. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I can convince him to come back on. And also, I think Junior is 24, maybe. God damn it. I mean, more so than that, he was yeah. just, he was really good for, yeah. for never have done it, uh, doing a podcast before. Yeah, nothing before. but praise is what, we, uh, is what I heard from everybody, so it was great. Mm-hmm. And, um, he sounded much smoother than we did in podcasts. Especially one, since I the mean. podcast started, and I'm just like, hey, man, we got this other person here, and Kid Presentable's like, hey, man, I got, I got places to be here. I'm like, all right, no problem, buddy, join us, and that's how you end up with a two-hour podcast. Steph, Steph, God, I love Steph. But Steph was like the kid in right field, just picking daisies, not paying attention to the game <laughs> at all. Hey, man, Steph, yeah, on a, he had a podcast to promote, bro. You guys are there just like actually trying to break down the fight. And when you bring it to him to talk. He brings up some irreverent point that I'm like, God bless you, Steph. Don't change. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see if we can get Junior back on and Steph on, of course. It's always it's an amazing family, so he'll join Open us again door. at times, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if you know the sport can actually produce people that doesn't give him a stomach ache, and this was not the card for that because Sean Strickland was front and center. But man, I've never sat. By the way, we'll get to that fight in a minute here. But just spoiler alert: I never sat Mark ne- next to Mark during a fight and a fight a, a fight or lose, and Mark just go, "What an idiot!" I don't think I've ever that's ever happened before in my life. I've I've watched, if I had to guess, no less than maybe three hundred. F- 300 is a safe number with Mark in person. Probably closer to 500 fights. He never, if I never ended, Mark just didn't say, oh, what an idiot. Okay. That was a yeah. first. <laughs> um, we'll get into it. Yeah. We're going to talk about UFC 276, guys, um, where the UFC printed fucking money. 20,000 seats in that bitch. Uh, why am I so vulgar? Uh, 20,000 people in the arena, slightly less even. Uh, 19,649 reported. Uh, total gate of $10,409,553.70. The average, I believe, there is 500 Is that $500 a ticket? No. Jeez. I, I, something like do math. I can't do math anymore. I've been doing counting all day, and it's not a good sign. I can't do $10 million divided by 20000 right now. Um, I think that's 500 a ticket. Yeah, averaging. That's, so. that's $500 a ticket? I mean, whoo! A T-Mobile Arena, man. Mike, how much we paid to be in that T-Mobile Arena a month ago? Huh? <laughs> $80? Yeah, I think it was about 80 bucks. Yeah. And pretty good seats. Pretty so T-Mobile, good seats. Uh, we were pretty high up. We we were basically in the equivalent of the nosebleeds, and they were pretty good seats. Yeah, that's a nice arena. Um, you get some Shake Shack over there. Um, UFC 276, International Fight Week. Um, I got a funny little side note about... Uh, before we get into it, um, I don't know if I talked to you, Mark. I might have mentioned this to you: how the WWE really fucked up um, mm. with International Fight Week here, because 
The, US, the WWE's got to go through a lot of business changes, not to get into the weeds here, but they had one of their big five pay-per-views called Money in the Bank scheduled. They scheduled it for this week, and people are like, oh, okay. Same week as the UFC pay-per-view is kind of rare. They tend to devo- they try to not overlap as much. But okay. Oh, they're doing it in Las Vegas too. Hmm. The UFC runs Vegas during International Fight Week. Oh, they're going to try to put it in the football stadium. Oh, this event is going to happen on Saturday during the UFC event. They normally go on Sundays. Um, so I don't know if this was a attempt at competition or uh, just a big mistake. But they got they couldn't sell any tickets in the football stadium to justify using a goddamn football stadium. Had to change venues three weeks out from the pay-per-view to do it at the MGM Garden Arena. Which I'm assuming the, the Raiders still got their uh, deposit fee for that. And then, what was it, uh, halfway through the pay-per-view mark, we got the McMahon crew showing up at the event. Which yeah. was interesting. I don't know if that was them just being like, sorry guys. <laughs> you have to pay respect to the fans. I, I honestly think, look, I, I fuck Data White, but I think Data White was just like, hey, you gotta, you gotta come in. Bring the old man too. It's just down the road. Well, Dana White wasn't fucking there. Yeah, he what? Had something what was going on. on with Dana? Um, yeah, I can't make it. I know own, he missed. Uh, he missed a pay per view last days because his kid it was his kid's birthday, which that's nice. I mean, I who like, knows? We we, we yeah. don't know what's going on. It could have been a family emergency for all we know, but he was absent, which was um, unusual. So this was a, uh, another edition of the City Kickboxing Show, UFC 276, headlined by the dual bill of Israel Last Style Bender Adesanya uh, taking on Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer. Um, co-main event, the third matchoff between Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, um, who, by the way, his name, he didn't just choose the Great because his name was Alexander. He put some thought into it. He said, Alexander's half Macedonian and half, and half, uh, Egyptian and so am I, or whatever there, or whatever the cultural thing is, it lines up with Alexander the Great for him. So him taking on Max Blessed Holloway, possibly pound for pound, the worst nickname for such a good fighter that exists. Um, Red King. That's better than Max Blessed Holloway. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's not good. Um, all right, Marcus, Izzy Adesanya, Jared Cannonier. Um, I you and my you and we both talked about it um uh last week on the show. I fucking put money on it. That we're not going to decision here. Because we were both pretty confident that we both thought Izzy would win. And we also thought that Jared Cannonier is not gonna be like comfortable riding out losing like he like knowing he's lost and just right and just trying not to get knocked out for the you know last round or two we didn't think that was on in the cards uh turns out it was but uh why don't you tell people what we saw besides just i guess very technical performance from this last style bender yeah no i mean i'll be honest it, it was not a very exciting fight um especially given the two combatants and like you said with jared i, I we both thought that at his age how long it took him to kind of get to this title shot, how probably unlikely it is he'll get another shot at the title. I really did think he would be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that aggression was either going to give him the belt or he was going to fail uh, spectacularly. But I think we all thought that he was going to really put the pressure on and either was going to get tuned up by the counter punching or was going to be able to back Izzy up against the cage and really make something happen. And to his credit, I mean, he had moments in this fight which was the smart strategy you know he was able to get izzy up against the cage he did attack the body several times he did use low kicks as well from a range um but he, he didn't have that aggression and he did he was able to steal around i think it was the third round where he was able to initiate a clinch 
control the pacing of the fight not land big blows but you know he did land some some good shots on izzy throughout this fight but i mean for me i i've always been a little bit of a harsh critic on izzy because i've seen what he's capable of when you look at his i think it was called um kings of the ring or kings of kings this was like a 32 man kickboxing tournament like and he had his skills on full display there like we know this guy's capable of doing really fantastic feats and there's been some fights where it seems like he's fighting not to lose and to into his credit he's a champion right the most important thing is to get the w at the end and that's what he did here but it wasn't in a very exciting performance from my perspective i thought also you know it's interesting he said that uh, jared had a good game plan their team of essentially getting it hard for him to get into his flow which a lot of it if you kind of saw that happening also where he would get like one shot off and then jared would no longer necessarily be in range um I kind of feel like he's reaching the middle of Anderson Silva's title reign with this dude, Mark, where we're like, he doesn't see a reason why he has to put himself at risk when he's got a giant skill gap with his opponents. Um, well, and the, I mean, the, it doesn't it doesn't make the most exciting scenario, obviously. And we didn't well, get and we didn't get anywhere. Quickly, Sorry, buddy. The look. reason might quickly become that if he's not putting on exciting fights, people might not be as interested in watching. Oh, absolutely. It, so I think that is – and look, it, it, the onus, again, is not on him to put himself at risk to potentially get like a highlight reel knockout. That's what you do getting up to the title. You have to kind of make a mark and make a claim that like not only am I proficient and good and getting Ws, but I'm doing it in, you know, in style and I'm getting – you know, I'm garnering you, a higher fan base. Who do you hold more responsible for – and look, I don't think the fight was terrible. It was just a fight. It existed. It was – you don't. None of us need to watch it again. Um, but exactly. who do you hold more responsible for? I guess the lack of action in the fight. No, Him I mean it, it's it's always on the challenger uh. to to steal that belt. It was on Cannoneer, especially you know going into the fifth round where the corner was very honest with him. They thought he had one round on him and that he needed to finish to to finish the fight. And he was a little bit more aggressive in the fifth for like but... the first minute. Maybe I thought he was really doing something for a bit there, and. Yeah, I was a little, I was disappointed. I came out of the fight honestly. I was a little disappointed in Jared, which again I didn't think that Jared was going to win. Mike, I know you didn't think Jared was going to win either, but maybe I mean I don't know what you thought, but Mark and I both really made it clear we both thought Jared was going to you know he's thirty eight years old, he's going to fucking go for it here, and you know he he didn't. And I'm not saying we were lazy. We're not calling him anything. Is just he did not put him. He did not take enough risks at the end, in our opinion. For a guy who's not going to get another title shot. What did you think? I came out a little disappointed in Jared Cannonier. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. Uh, but sometimes sometimes you'll see this from... God, I can't believe I'm about to say this considering he's only two years older than me. But you see this sometimes with some older fighters where sometimes they just can't pull the trigger um, for whatever reason. Um, you don't see this too often with younger fighters. Um, and... He hasn't really shown this penchant before, but because we've never seen that before, there's only a few particular options that it could be. It could be either he suddenly got old or he couldn't quite figure out what Izzy was doing and it made him sensitive. And quite honestly, as I speak about it now, that is a lot more a likely option because when you have two people that are very high level like this, and especially in Izzy's case, and you're fighting against him, what you will normally be able to do, um, you're going to become trepidatious if 
you don't exactly know what the other guy is, is going to do or you can't figure him out. So I'm going to chalk uh, Jared's, uh, Jared's uh, performance more to what he was doing than anything else. Um, Marcus, do you think we just uh, just talk about, talk about Strickland and Pereira now? And then we can uh, sure. might yeah, as well because it's really linked this together. Um, let's get the Sean Strickland stuff out of the way because we did the show last week and it was a pretty clear divide. Um, and Mike, you took Strickland also. So I'm assuming your logic is going to be what Mark's was. If you don't, please chime in, of course. Well, we had a conversation where Mark's like, this guy is not necessarily a takedown artist, but he's a mixed martial arts fighter. And he's done take, and he knows how to do takedowns. He's used them to win fights before. Your assumption was you're not going to be a top five fighter in a weight class and be stupid enough to just stand with a kickboxer, essentially, right? True. Okay. But then you hear him talk. And well, okay. You still, well, I'm saying you pick. Well, you pick. You pick Sean Strickland. So I'm assuming you thought he wasn't stupid enough to do this. Because I, I I thought that, and then I heard him in the press conference, and frankly, while. Well, I think, oh, Jesus, why am I blanking on his name? Well, I think Colby Covington is a hateful, hateful human being. I never think he's an idiot. And outside of here, of reading comments from Sean Strickland um, in print, I had actually never heard him actually comport, seen him actually comport himself. And I was starting to feel very skeptical about my pick when I saw him. Yeah, the, hentai, that, the uh, hentai joke didn't do it for you? The hentai that that, that that didn't move for you, Mike. That, that didn't sell you. That that was just funny. That you know what? Shout out, shout out to Izzy. That Strickland went with that bird, and Izzy was just like, "Let me correct you. It's not cartoons. It's hentai." <laughs> that was bravo. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah I, I think we all had the assumption that. And I think 95 to 99% of the MMA world thought, okay, this guy knocked out Israel Adesanya, what was it, twice? He knocked him twice. out once. He beat him the other time, just done okay. by decision. But beat, beat him in a kickboxing match twice. This might be the guy that you try and take down. And, and Strickland didn't do that even once. Um, did he even shoot? He paid for it. He, did he shoot at no. all? He didn't do shit, right, Mark? Yeah, no. okay. No. Um, he no. kind of came in, and by the time he, when he got knocked out, he got hit with three punches on the way down. Uh, he got hit and got hit twice on the way down. And his his he got hit with the left hook and his right hand was in his pocket, basically, when that happened. Um, Marcus, just impressively bad fight IQ. Because I don't even know if I come out of this. I, I, I don't even know what to say about, like, Chris Alex Pereira is going to get a title shot. You called it immediately. They were showing him in the corner of the screen. And I still am like, this guy could be able to stop zero takedowns for all we know. Like I have not given him anybody who knows anything. Like it's wild, man. Honestly, what'd you what'd you think of the fight there? Mm. Well, I mean, it wasn't surprising, and that's I mean, Sean knew it himself. We all knew it going into the fight. Like they picked this fight because it seemed like Sean has fallen in love with his fist. He's been doing really good in the stand up. He likes to sit in the pocket and exchange punches. Mm. And then he himself before the fight said, like, I know what they're doing. Like Alex isn't even fucking ranked. I'm ranked four. Mm -hmm. I should be. I this fight shouldn't really even happen. But they know stylistically he has a decent shot of potentially beating me if I stand with him. And if he beats me, then he's in title contention. You know, he beats the number four guy. He's going to be top five easily, if not four. So, but he also said that like, you know, they're doing that and like they think I won't wrestle him, and maybe I'll wrestle him. But they also said like, oh, I'm I'm I could stand up with any kickboxer. So, I mean. To Alex's credit, 
he he played him like a fiddle. Mm. He basically just jabbed him until he you know started unleashing his left hook, and that was basically a setup, and, mm. and it worked perfectly because Sean Sean bit it. He was he was parrying the jabs. He saw them coming. He got very comfortable in the stand up, and he's like, oh, I can beat this guy here. He's not you know what what's so scary about this guy? He's got nothing. And then basically when he threw that left hook, he thought it was a jab. He tried to parry it. He was wide open. The dude hits hard enough that you can only take one of those. You can't recover. And like you said, he followed up magnificently. So, I mean, for Just me, so it, it accurate, really... by the way, bro. I mean, like, that's what you oh, see yeah. when you see like a really good striker like him and Izzy or anybody's high level. You don't, you don't even need to see a big windup. Like it just hit where it needed to hit, and we were done. Like that yeah, was even more so than that. It, it was him setting it up. He, like mm. he knew, like I'm going to set this guy up by throwing jabs. He's going to start, and once I get the read that, like, yeah, he just thinks I'm throwing jabs. That's where I'm going to come with the left hook, and he and he threw a left hook even before the finishing one. So it was really on Sean to realize, like, look, I'm number four. This is this is a fight they're trying to catapult this guy into title contention. If Sean beat him. He would have probably got a title. There's, shot there's nothing we're going to talk about. I'm about to list the rankings. That was it. It was him. Right. That was the number and one contender fight. And he would have the, the talking point that yeah. he wanted. It was like, I beat the guy that slept you. I obviously, and, and, and I think the press conference where they were getting in these heated arguments. That's he, he, he did. He did fight. everything right until he got to the fight. He did everything yeah. right to get a title shot until the fight started. <laughs> yeah. And and to Alex's credit too, like super professional. You know, Sean was talking a lot of shit on everybody. And when he beat him, he was like, oh, you know, this is just business. And honestly, it's probably not super deserved. The guy's six and one. You know, he's only had three fights in the UFC. This was his first guy that was ranked. It's kind of tough when you probably have these other career guys that have fought in so much. But like, I, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Mark, Mark, do you have a problem with them? The way the path he was given here? Because we know what happened here. They booked him in a way. The man hadn't fought. In kickboxing, he hadn't fought MMA in four years. He fought one fight in the LFA, which is a UFC feeder. Great promotion, but it is what it, that's what it's supposed to do. It builds a guy up for mm -hmm. the UFC. He knocked out some dude without a Wikipedia page. Fought, uh, what, he fought two Brazil? You know, he fought a Greek dude, and then he fought a uh, Brazilian dude, and now he knocked out Sean Strickland. He got three He got three knockouts in four fights here. One of the decisions in his last, decision in his last fight. We know what they mm -hmm. did. Like, it was the same way Conor McGregor didn't exactly fight Chad Mendes until it was already, until he had to. Like, we know what's happening here. Do you have a problem with that, one? And then, oh, you know what, I'll read the rankings after that, and we can decide who we have a problem with this guy getting a title shot. But what are you, them building him like this, do you got an issue with this? No, because, for a couple of factors. One, because the performance is he put on, like, he needs someone to push him. Because when someone, when they're not, and like a lot of the these fights he's had, the guys are either don't have the skill set to really push Izzy mm -hmm. or kind of get blinded by the lights like um, uh, Jared did, where he just didn't seem to be in that moment, was a little gun shy to, to kind of really get in there. So I think this fight is interesting, is exciting, and I really hope it pushes because I think the thing like we were talking about before, I think when Izzy isn't pushed, he's the champion. He's not going to put himself at greater risk to lose that belt. He's going to do just enough to win, and you know I don't even blame him for that. But I think with Alex, Alex is going to put enough pressure on him that we're going to see a more exciting performance out of Izzy, and that's ultimately what I want to see. I want to see, I want to see these champions push. It's not fun, and we'll talk about this with the Alexander Max fight. It's not really fun when you have a dominant champion; they're not getting pushed, and they're just winning fights. I, I mean, we'll get into Alex more, but it's just like that's not exciting for me. I, I want to see these guys tested. I want to see exciting fights. And I feel like Alex is probably going to be able yeah. to get that no, out of I, I, more than anyone I agree, else. man. Also, like, we want, I mean, if I'm going to give you my, go get one with the uh, Anderson Silva story arc here, Mike. I mean, 
there was that whole stretch there where shit was real not interesting, man. There was Patrick mm-hmm. Cote and Talis Lighties and uh, when Anderson fought the guy who missed weight and somehow struggled to beat him. Who was that? Looter. Um, you know, and then like there was the Damian Maya disaster. And then we got pushed. We got some stuff happening. We had, you know, Chael do what... Oh God, Anderson should send Chael, a, you know, just a check every month. Because everything turned there with Chael. We had the Chael fight. We had him, you know, when Anderson was just in the zone, knocking out Vitor and Chael again. And then um, who did he fucking knee in the gut? Um, uh, uh, Stephen Bonner. Bonner. And he was just fucking dudes up. We got to... I mean, is we got to put some pressure on these. The Forrest Griffin thing. Now- and... Now let's let's be real, okay? You are a hundred percent right when it comes to the uh, the resume that Ad Anderson Silva fought. Um, looking back, uh, not not the best. However, you can't say that with Israel Adesanya. That's While true. some of the fights have been lackluster, let's just take a little gander at who he fought. He beat Robert Rudiker for the title. He fought twice. Beat him twice. Fought Yoel Romero, who was a goddamn monster, I think, at the time when he fought him. Beat Paulo Costa. He, Paulo Costa looked like absolute shit against Adesanya, but that's because Adesanya did that to him. And before that fight, what was the hype leading up to that fight when it came to Paulo Costa? Paulo Costa might be the one to beat him. Holy shit. That was a highly anticipated um, middleweight championship fight. Mm. Jan Blachowicz, all right, he lost. Boom. Marvin Vittori, eh, okay. But a fair and Jared Cannonier was on a very lengthy um No, these are better people than anybody I mentioned. You're right. And it's it's not on him. I'm just trying to say, like, he's got Mark's saying making a point, he's gotta get so, pushed. So I feel um a better comparison in how these title reigns have gone on how it seems lately uh Adesanya has gotten just for lack of a better word, it's a lot more safer in a side of the fences, not taking as many chances. I think a more apt comparison would be George St. Pierre, that when you look at the fighters that George St. Pierre fought, they're not, they're of a much higher accolade than what Anderson Silva fought in his, in his title reign. And I think similar to with George St. Pierre, with Israel Adesanya, these are super high-level guys. You are not going to style on these dudes, no pun intended, like you did on the guys on the come-up. These are the very best of their division, and in particular, middleweight has a lot of really good fighters. Similar to when George St. Pierre was running through welterweight, there were a lot of really good welterweights that if not for George St. Pierre, they... They would yeah, have been champions. That's fair. There's like seven dudes there. You're like, oh, this guy deserves and, to be champion. And George St. Pierre, very similar to Israel Adesanya, he does just enough to beat these very high echelon guys. I realized I'm sitting here with sunglasses on and holding my belt, and I didn't start shit talking you at all. It was just a waste of me sitting here. That's all a fair well, point, I, I guess. I enjoy that I no sold that you had that dumb shit on for the last hour. So I mean, there no, you go. didn't. Before the podcast, I was just I was just killing you. Um not at all. I didn't okay. even notice. Um, okay, let's just get going here. Derek Brunson, I mean not Derek Brunson. Jared Cannonier is gonna he's gonna regret this one, man. He's there's gonna be a lot of why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? I'm just watching fireworks go off and behind over Mark Mark uh, Mike's shoulder over there. I can see there's a firework I can see out the window. All right, um, well, you see more than I am. Oh, there's a whole bunch happening. I'm just too bad this isn't a video media. I'm just watching fireworks in Mike's window. Um. 
Yeah, um, Sean Strickland, man. Mark, I mean, this is the current rankings at well, middleweight, so maybe this guy's going to still can do something. But we got Robert Whitaker ranked number one. These are all uh, before Saturday's event. Um, so mm -hmm. Whitaker won. Cannoneer was two. Vittori, three. Um, I think Whitaker is fighting Vittori. I didn't invent that, right? That's happening? Yes. Um, then Strickland at four, followed by Brunson. It's worth mentioning every name I've listed so far has lost to the champion, except Sean Strickland. Um, Paulo Costa, he lost. Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, Uriah Hall, lost. Kelvin Gastelum, lost. Um, so, yeah, really hard to say that there's anybody more deserving even out there for than Pereira, Mark, as weird as it sounds. Um, unless Izzy wants to, you know, go back up. Which I think if he beats Alex, he could make that case anyway. You know what I mean? Like he could just say, "Yeah, uh, I mean, do I, I, do? I would argue some of these guys have definitely put in the time, right? I mean, yeah. it's when you've only had four fights, it's like, and you, and you won them all. It's like, well, you well know, I mean, he got that, a top five great. wins. Hopefully, one of these guys got to get a top he, five win then. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, that that's a that's really my only like even sticking point. But like I said before, like stylistically, it's so much more interesting and intriguing than the other guys he hasn't already fought and beat. That I'm totally okay with it. And as far as Strickland goes, you know, I, I do. I mean, look, I don't like the guy's personality at all. You know, I do think he asserted himself, although childishly, mm. more fans than he had before. But um, I still think he has a skill set to contest for the belt someday. But yeah, he, he got knocked down and he's going to have to win, you know, two, three How more old is fights. He? But do we know? Do anybody know? Oh, no, he's younger than us. Okay. I, I think I don't know. I'd have to check. I, I thought he was in his okay. Thirty-one. Yeah. Okay. This time. Yeah. This time. But yeah. but yeah, it, this was this was a dumb game plan. You know, he obviously had a skill set that he could have tried to exploit on um, Alex Pereira and make a statement, and his ego got in the way. Um, and you know, it's just look at you hear what this guy says, and it's like okay, maybe not the brightest bulb in the world, but like at least when it comes to having a team around you and strategizing for this fight, they would have been like okay. Let's play the stand-up game a little bit, but once we get him against the cage or close to it, let's go for some clinches and takedowns or shots or anything um, to initiate those. And he didn't, and he paid the price, like, so uh, this is going to be learning. Mike, I like the idea of Boracinha next for uh, Strickland. What do you think? We have Paulo Costa and him. Two definite morons. If nothing else, it'll be entertaining, I think, for the people. You're muted, buddy. What what moronic stuff has Paulo Costa said besides? Uh, I think was it wine you're, was behind his uh, loss at Adesanya. You're real close. You're real far away from your microphone, buddy. Uh, yeah. So what besides uh, saying that I think wine was the the cause for his loss to Adesanya? Like what dumb shit has uh, the okay. Costa said? Okay, his entire Twitter account. But let's just say the but the fact that the man got into a fight with a nurse trying trying to get the vaccine shot like two weeks ago. Uh, well, okay. okay. <laughs> He tried to get the card and leave without getting the shot. Okay. Oh, right. That was him. He did tell me about that. Uh, I think it's a good fight. I think it's a good um, matchup, think... though, because I don't know what Borchi is looking up to. Off losses, if I'm, if I'm correct. I don't know what Paulo Costa has done since losing to Izzy Adesanya. I don't. It's been like two years, and I can't tell he's you. He's supposed happened. to fight Luke. He's supposed to fight Luke. I think. Oh, you soon. know what? Have him fight the winner of that thing. Sure. Has, Lu has Luke fought Sean Strickland? I feel I've heard those names together. Maybe they were talking shit. But I'd be surprised because Luke's been out, and then he went up to he light heavyweight a while ago. So I don't think that's happened. But uh, I could be wrong. Costa in his last fight um, lost a decision victory to Vittori. I don't even remember that happening. Um, all right, Alexander Volkanovsky, Max Holloway. 
Alexander Volkanovsky beat the brakes off Max Holloway. This was an ass whooping. All right? He landed 199 significant strikes, 204 total strikes. Uh, man was hitting at 53%. Um, he had more output. He landed more. He didn't. He shrugged off the sh three shitty takedowns Max went at him. He had control for two minutes. Max had control for 16 goddamn seconds in the whole fight. Wasn't close. Um, I Marcus making a good point about the guys like, you know, you see greatness and you want him to be pushed and stuff. And I think we, we've always wished people to push Alex more because Alex is very, he's not finishing a lot of fights. I don't know what's going on these last two fights for him, Mark, because I think the fight before this was uh, zombie zombie. But I think Alex uh, has really felt maybe disrespected about how good he really mm -hmm. is because uh, you don't really finish Max Holloway. It's not a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. So you beat his ass for 25 minutes. I'm that's That was impressive. He beat his ass for 25 minutes. Quite frankly, he might have let off in the last round or so, it felt like even, because he's like, well, whatever. I came out of this so thoroughly impressed by him, and I thought he, we all thought he was going to win. He made adjustments. Because that second fight was real close. This one, slaughter. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he said that that second fight that he was having an off night and this fight kind of proved it. And his improvement over his last couple of fights have shown it too. Now, I've been criticizing him personally because I do feel like a lot of times his fights, he's taking each encounter as a, as a small little step. Like, I got to win this encounter. Get, get in, hit my strikes, get out. And it's not necessarily like I'm trying to finish the fight with a big shot or find that one opening to really exploit. But it, it's become apparent that it's a, an accumulation game for him. And while there wasn't any, from what I recall, and again, we, we watched this together live with other people, so I wasn't super focused in on it. But I don't remember any particular point where it was like, oh, Max is close to getting finished here or he's wobbled. But it definitely was like, he's taken a lot of shots and that cut is bad. And that that's kind of what happened with the zombie fight. He was just getting hit so much. He... He, the referee ended up stopping it. Do you think they should have stopped it, his corner? Or do you think we didn't think of that badly, of this one, necessarily? I wouldn't have had a problem if they did, but I wasn't calling for it, me personally. I was like, if they want to no. end this, I'm okay with it, but they're not going I to. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there would, mostly because Max wasn't getting anything off. There was really no point where he was successful anywhere, where it was like, I want to keep you in this fight because you had some success in the grappling, in the clinch, with this one particular strike, really nothing was working for him. So yeah, so yeah, by the third or fourth round, if the t if the corner wanted to be like, look, we're going to count our losses here. Um, obviously, Max wouldn't have liked that, and I think they know that like this is a this this is a fighter's fighter. He does not want to quit on the stool. He's still going to believe in himself, but obviously, watching the fight, he really didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of hitting that big haymaker that was really going to change it. So I mean, hats off to Alex. Uh, I love. His enthusiasm for wanting to go up to 55, get that belt, and then defend both. You know, one of the things that I put such a big moniker on Amanda Nunes being the best female fighter, but also just one of the best champions, is that she got two belts and she defended both of them. And no one has done that. So if Alex can do this at the yeah, divisions he's at, that would be insane. Yo, Mike, Alex, so Alex uh, Volkanovsky is as tall as me, maybe slightly taller. Okay. He's listed as 5'6. He's fighting. He's he's short for one forty five, like that. He's he's bantamweight champion sized. Um, the idea of him going up to take on uh, Oliveira, because by the way, there's people out there who are just like, 
Uh, what if the UFC just does uh, Islam versus Volkanovski and Oliveira's not in the title fight? Shut the fuck up. All right? They, Oliveira's in the next title fight. All right? He didn't... He, they told him he's a, it was a number one contender fight for him. So he's in. He's like six foot tall, isn't he? Like, Oliveira's long. He's, yeah, he's, a, he's maybe he's maybe an inch or two taller than Holloway. So I think about I mean, six feet. I want to see what happens there. That sounds thrilling because Marcus, I mean, Volkanovski can have a, can be, you know, not be a real killer, but he can, he can get into a dog fight because that fight with Ortega remains one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And we know what Oliveira's capable of. I mean, yeah. this, this what, sounds like fun. Yeah, what intrigues me in that fight is that obviously Oliveira is hittable, but we've seen him fight guys that really have stopping power. Gaethje, Chandler, these guys stop fights. These guys touch you and it's fucking over. You're in danger. We haven't really seen that in Alex in his last couple fights. It's hard to imagine he's going to move up to 55 and he's going to have a lot of power, but he's going to be faster. He's going to be a lot of fast. And what he's so good at is getting in and out cleanly. So what's going to be interesting is, is, is to see how Charles adapts to that. And also, Charles likes to clinch. So Alex isn't going to be able to get in and out of these exchanges with the other guy trying to counter. He's going to get in, and Charles is probably going to try to clinch up with him. If he gets in the clinch, he's got to worry about knees because he's a short fighter. It's not going to be hard to get knees up to the head. And he's also going to have to be very cautious of Charles pulling guard, getting trips. He's going to be much bigger and stronger than him. So there's a lot of interesting and facets. The, uh and the only matchup we have that we all talked about last week was it's... Or we talked about it for a few weeks now, actually. Yair's got to beat Brian Ortega. That's the only guy out there, unless they want to go Emmett. Which, I mean, we, uh, look, we all love Josh Emmett. He's ranked number four, and he's not that young. That'd be cool, too. Uh, I don't know what Josh Emmett would do. to. I think Josh Emmett is going to get danced around. To yeah, pick the I park, don't think to be there's honest. as many compelling fights right now at 145. So him going up to 55... Taking time to get up there and have that fight will allow, you know, 45 to kind of solidify itself and get us a couple contenders. So if he does go up and get that belt from Charles, which is going to be a hell of a thing to do, hopefully there will be someone at 45 he can fight and then Mike, he can go back and forth. Mike, when, when you're not talking, do me a favor and mute yourself because we're getting all the explosions on the podcast right now. You don't want to celebrate America's birthday, bro? I don't know. I think someone's going to think there's a they're getting shot out on the freeway if they're listening to this in a car. And tomorrow. when they hear this, Mike, it's going to be the 5th. And they're going to be yeah, like, I'm so over the fireworks to happen. Yeah. <laughs> they're not expecting fireworks on July 5th. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But uh, Luke yeah. Thomas, Mark, said uh, this is the best fighter in the sport, he thinks. He thinks that's the pound for bound best fighter. Sure. I mean, that's shit, he beat Max Holloway three times. He beat Max Holloway three times. He beat Jose Aldo. He beat... He has lost since 2003. Or sorry, 2013. He's Holloway, Zombie, Ortega, Holloway, Holloway, Aldo, Mendez, Elkins. Some dudes I don't know. That's not a, that's a fucking, that's a, that's a list. That is I mean, there's a only list a couple, of beatdowns. Yeah, there's only a couple consistent dominant champions right now. Him, Usman, and Izzy. And I feel like he's been putting on maybe the better performance. I think Usman's kind let, of up there, but he's his his competition hasn't been quite as high. So let's yeah. give uh let's give the flowers right now to because we're this we're forty minutes into this podcast. We're gonna pick up the pace here a bit. Eugene Berriman, City Kickboxing. I the guy's got two champions and two of maybe the best pound for pound fighters in the sport, as you just said right there. Hell of mm -hmm. a team he's running over there. Also got uh he might just be adding he might be getting himself a interim champion at flyweight. With Kaikara France. And uh, tough night for Brad Riddell. We'll get to that. But he's also got uh, Darren, uh, not Darren Elkins, <clears throat> Dan Hooker. So, you know, 
Hell of a team though, Rod, they got going over there. Um, Early contender for Coach of the Year, but I don't think we give out Coach of the Year, so other people's award shows. Um, By the way, John Jones' thing where he's making fun of, he said, Izzy doesn't look uh, threatening with his painted fingernails and uh, making frozen jokes about... uh, well, about Pereira, the the thing he said about like fr- you're frozen or whatever. John, I'm, it's gonna be hard to take anything you say seriously after we all heard the nine one one tape of you know you hitting your fiance. Just I would still not talk for a while if I'm him. Um, maybe not question another one's manhood after what you did. Um, but yeah. Oh, by the way, he's gonna fight Stipe or Francis Ngannou allegedly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sure. For it. All right, Brian Barberina, Robbie Lawler. This was fun, man. These dudes just threw hands for uh, 10 minutes. Did they and, get fight of the night, Bob? Uh, they did get fight of the night with other performance Good. bonuses going to Pereira, um, Jalen Turner, and Julia uh, Stoliarenko. By the way, the Crypto.com uh, fight Bitcoin bonuses, which might be worth the you know the paper they were printed on by the, the you know not the, not as valuable as it was six dude, months ago. Dude, last time they did this, Mike, when they did it for the last pay per view, apparently from the Saturday they were given to the Monday, they lost twenty five percent of their value. <laughs> like if you get one of these bonuses, you got to ask for greenbacks real quick. Uh, just to make sure, is it a set number of crypto or is it a thirty thousand amount? It's thirty thousand dollars worth. So whatever it is that day, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, honest, honestly though, I actually like the for the fighter who gets it. Look, I'm a true believer in it. So I feel they should actually be happy that they're getting thirty thousand dollar of depressed crypto value right Mike, now. These guys are getting Mike. These guys are getting Mike right back up, baby. Yeah, they are going. Mike, to they got to pay their coach. In their yacht. Mike, these guys got to pay their coaches. They're getting fifteen percent of the revenue from this, why? this stupid fucking. Why are company. you such a negative name? <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, the winners of that, as always, are the guys in the main co-main event and other fight. Uh, first place is Yasanya. Second place, I'm not kidding. Alex Volkanovsky. Third place, Alex Pereira. Thirty grand, twenty grand, and ten grand for those men. Um, should not should not make that a popularity contest. I just why, should not. <laughs> why do they do this? Um, Brian Barbarina, Robbie Lawler, Marcus. Not to be a downer. Yeah. Uh, does Robbie need to keep doing this, man? Like, what? What do we do? Are we done here? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a good kind of sign that maybe it is time time to hang it up because Brian Barbarina just stood in there with them, took took Robbie's best shots, and just kept going. Now you know. Barbarino's a tell a hell of a fighter and known for his solid chin. So it's not like, you know, Robbie just doesn't have the power anymore, but he, he fought a guy that technically if it was just going to be a, you know, a telephone booth fight, he should be able to win. And he still lost that fight. It just says a lot about his durability at this point. So, yeah, I mean, personally, he's been around so long. I, I don't really think he needs to stay in the sport, but if yeah, he still has a passion for it and he wants to do it. I mean, yeah, if he it, wants know. to do it, 40 years old, he started when he was 19 years old yeah. at Extreme Challenge. And uh, look, of this main card, best fight, easily. Hands yeah, down, I know. This I is just the first one where it's not like, I don't know, like the last fight he beat, like he's, look, we all know where things turned here. He fought, he fought Rory McDonald and then he fought Carlos Condit in the two most brutal fights I think anybody's ever had back to back in this sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost his belt the next fight to Woodley. Since that, basically, since those two wins over Condon and McDonald, he is two and uh, one, two, three, four, five, two and six. 
The wins yeah. being Donald Cerrone and Nick Diaz, who Nick didn't. I mean, you know. We also, like, guys, kind of in his range. Yeah, of but the Brian Barberino one have been durable. Was our buddy? Our buddy Max was saying he didn't understand why they didn't understand why this fight existed. And I think you know the matchup. You're like, oh, this isn't a young guy we're trying to build off of his build his name off of, and this isn't like. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to dis- be disrespectful of Brian Barberino as a tough vet, but this isn't like. You know, we're not sitting. We weren't at no point where we sitting there as a dream matchup. Robbie Lawler versus. Brian Barbarina, you know, like we thought more fights like the Nick Diaz fight was what you would expect out of this. So this was an interesting matchup for him. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Barbarina's kind of a weird opponent, but I think they, they probably thought like Barbarina, I, I think, has a better ground game that he could, if he utilized here, probably maybe could have got this done sooner, but also just a game fighter. And I think they thought like, this is going to have fireworks. You know, we're building a card that has on paper a lot of fun matchups. And this was one that was kind of appealing, but it really wasn't the standout. At the end of the day, it turned out to be, you know, my favorite fight of the night because it oh, was yeah. just like the most exciting where these guys just went after it for two hard rounds and Barbarina got the better of them. So it was a good fight. You know, I, I really enjoyed that fight. And obviously paying 75 bucks for this pay-per-view, Woo! this and the Pereira fight were the best things out of it. So it's like, I'm glad this fight got moved up because like otherwise, if this was a different fight, like if this was Jim Miller and Cerrone, which was like a decent fight itself. I probably would have felt a little more cheated out of that $75. That's a hefty pay-per-view price tag. And to have fights that like they weren't like bad, but they just weren't that exciting. This By was the way, a very exciting fun fight. So 75 yeah. bucks. Bro, what that is so much money. That is so much money. <laughs> just want to point we, that you, out. You know we pay for the pay-per-view and we really talk about the price point. Yeah, we're just um, like and we we split it four ways, and still I'm just like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's a lot to ask from your fan base. Every month, in addition to the five bucks for the thing, the five dollar cover charge to spend more money is that's a little jab, just a little poke you right there. Um, Pedro Munoz, Sean O'Malley, Mike. Pedro won the first round. Yep. At some point, Sean kicked him in the nuts. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was in the first round or the second round. Yeah, do you remember? Uh, Mark? I think it was in the first. You think it was, it was first? first? First round yeah. wasn't going so well. Sean O'Malley kicks him in the nuts. Second round, going better for Sean O'Malley. I wouldn't say necessarily he was winning it or that the other guy was winning it because there was still two minutes of the round left, I felt, with a lot of... I didn't think it was clear who was winning that round, honestly. Um, Then Sean O'Malley poked him in the eye and possibly scratched his cornea, according to Reed Harris of the UFC. And uh, the the O'Malley Commission has decided O'Malley won. I'm just going to say this. Uh, The kid's interesting for me, Mike. I think he's a good fighter. I hope he's a good fighter. We're probably getting him to fight some people. And what I really hope is that this thing he does where he acts like he didn't really lose to Chito Vera or that he really, you know, he didn't really get a no contest here, right? And he's saying that Pedro Munoz wanted a way out. Why would he want a way out? What was happening in the fight that he would want a way out of this fight? What, he was winning by too much? Was that what, like, it wasn't, nothing had happened yet. So, I basically, I... I, if he's if he believes the words coming out of his mouth, he's not going to get very far. Right. Honestly, right. Um, he's not right. Like he, I don't think he's going to get I, very far. But that's belief I, in his I, head. I really hope. I really hope this is more just um, bravado, bravado, mm-hmm. where behind closed doors with his coaches, he's like he's really honest with himself. Um, the only the path to improvement is through self honest self reflection. And that's with any avenue that you pursue in life. And I have to assume that with fighting, 
Um, that is very important uh, because you can only fight tomato cans so long. He just signed a new deal. So the UFC is done with the kid gloves. Um, I don't think he's going to be getting any more easy competition. He'll be getting top 10 opponents from now on. So do we run this back or is there, they're not going to do that? I don't know. I, I, I personally think they should um, because it's a shame that the fight ended that way. I personally think that we owe it to Munoz more than to o O'Malley because I thought he was on his way to winning uh, both rounds so far. Yo, what's up, Mark? Yeah, yeah, I just want I, 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 you know, before we move on, because we, you know, we, we got a lot of cards still to, to, you know, talk about. But my big takeaway with Sean was that, like, he didn't fold. I think we all thought like this guy's kind of brittle skinned. If we had a guy that just like blasted the legs, that was the game. I mean, Bobby, you talked about it last week. Like, Munoz should go in there and kick his little chicken legs, and that's how you're going to win this fight. And that's exactly what he did. Very and true. to Sean's credit, he did not crumble. Like, I mm -hmm. think we all thought, like, this kid might be a little fragile, and if someone really goes after the legs, he's going to have a lot of serious problems. And to his credit, that didn't really seem to be the case. So that was kind of my big takeaway here was, like, I thought he was kind of, you know, he might not be able to take those low kicks, especially if someone, that was the game plan. Now, maybe Munoz was using it too much and not setting him up, so he got really clean kicks. He was getting, you know, kicks were being checked but that that was my big takeaway and then in the second round sean was doing better he started to get in his flow a little bit better so it did make me think a little bit high, highly of him where he's not just going to crumble when he fights these really tough durable guys mm -hmm. like munoz but we still didn't get to learn that much about him but that was my big takeaway yeah maybe i maybe i'm sitting here thinking too much into the guy's persona because sure. that maybe i should just focus entirely on his fights because in the in the cage i think he's a pretty good fighter i think there's a yeah. lot of potential <laughs> he got kicked 19 times in the fucking leg in the first round, seven times in the second round. You might want to check some mm -hmm. of them. Like, he checked a handful. He, he handful. did. He, yeah, he did. So, like, he, he, you can tell he realizes that's probably going to be people's strategy against him. Like, that is that is going to be a key factor, especially when you look at the Vara fight. Um, and, Pedro and didn't throw other strikes. Though. Pedro only threw... Yeah, his hands the, were not busy that night. Pedro threw three strikes. I'm oh, sorry, nine total strikes that weren't leg kicks. Like, yeah. and he missed all of them. He went 0 for 9 to the head. 0 for, actually, 0 for 9 to the head, 0 for 2 to the body. And, but yeah, that was it. He, I, it's almost like Pedro Munoz listening to the podcast, where he's like, this, 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 this the fat guy from the I, Bay Area is right. <laughs> he thinks I, I, gotta, don't, I don't think we're distributing a lot of knowledge that his coaches... Pedro Munoz, you know, Pedro Munoz heard that the Inferno was going to be on the podcast, and he's like, uh. I'm going to check this out. Um, I thought it was get, just getting interesting, honestly, though. That was too, Mark. We thought fight was like... Because it wasn't like Pedro didn't yeah. like slaughter him, but it was just the round was over the first round. You're like, well, he won the round because he, 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 he did more than the other guy did. Second round, Sean actually outstruck him 10, stri 10 successful strikes to seven. He threw 21 for 16. So it could have been one to one at that point. I, mm -hmm. we, I was hoping for a DQ because I had money on Munoz, I'll be honest. But uh, it was, I would like to see where it was going, honestly, but I don't know if we'll do that again. Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> um, all right, let's get to the prelims and pick up the pace here. Brad Riddell, man, was the saddest person at the city kickboxing after party. Um, yeah. <laughs> my man got choked fucking real quick. Um, I think, no, the arm in was the Jim Miller one, the arm in guillotine. This one was mm -hmm. an arm in, yeah. was it? Yeah, no. I didn't see. I oh, was yeah. In transit. That was your turn to my house. Uh, Jalen Turner 
Mike, do you remember anything besides just a nice the guillotine? Uh, besides that, not much else. 45 seconds, man. Brad Riddell, man, you're a tough fighter. You'll be back. And Jalen here is a six foot fucking three lightweight. Um, and he's running off five straight in the UFC. All finishes. Uh, let's give them somebody, huh, Mark? I mean, let's give them somebody else. I don't know where, uh, where Brad is ranked. I don't think he was. Lightweight's miserable. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, yeah, this was... No, he was 14. Big... That was 14. Uh-huh. I see Dan Hooker, if he wants to beat up more people from this gym. Dan Hooker is 13. Um, uh, so, it, is Hooker going back up to lightweight after going uh, to... He probably the... should, if he yeah. didn't. I, I mean, he, I think he should get in the top 15, and there's a row of killers, and, you know... Physically, Maybe he's going to uh, lose or this fight this weekend or something or the sure, winner. Yeah. Even. I mean, yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of interesting fights for this guy. You know, he hasn't fought in a lot of these name guys. So I think you can just put a bunch of names in a hat and draw one out. and You're going to have an intriguing matchup. You know, honestly, of all the guys where I mean, I don't know these guys and like this guy, I'm just like, man, it's lightweight. He's won this many fights in a row and he's still not fucking ranked. But uh, this man's got 13 finishes in his 13 wins. So we're going to yeah, pay attention, man. You, 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 you got to, you, you, your team name, Mike, is called, is Adrenaline Combat Sports. You got to, you got to represent. You can't go out you there with that, with a so. slay and pray uh, strategy. Fighting out of uh, San Bernardino, California. Um, so shout out there. Um, Jim Miller, Donald Cerrone. We had an old man fight here, guys. This was the second retirement we saw this evening. Jim Miller got an arm in guillotine and just fucking squeezed, man. Beautiful squeeze from him, Marcus. I'm a bit, I love Jim Miller. I, him saying the UFC, this was the last fight in his contract and that, uh, <coughs> the UFC wasn't extending an offer, um, was probably something he shouldn't have said out loud to the public. Doesn't really help the negotiating power. But I would like Jim Miller to stick around. He just, he's now the most winningest UFC fighter ever. Yeah. 24 wins. And, and this was the fight to figure that out, too. It was him yeah, and Cerrone. 23, him, him, Cerrone, and my dude, the pit bull, Andre Arlovsky's also got 23. Um, no. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want Jim Miller around, man. I mean, I don't, th- I don't there's no way he's that expensive. I think you just put him on fight nights and any pay-per-view where you're like, yeah, let's send Jimmy out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe the most impressive thing besides the, the win record, I think Joe said, like, He's fought in 40 times in the UFC. It's kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this was a fight. I thought Cerrone looked pretty good. I mean, at 170, he looks so much bigger than Jim. I mean, Jim was, I mean, Cerrone's a lot taller. This was 170? This was 170. Why the fuck was Probably, it once? Oh, late. Because Cerrone was going to, yeah. yeah, it was a little late. Yeah. And I and Cerrone was doing pretty good on the stand-up. And it's really, you know, he threw a high kick that landed better than Jim's. He just got tripped up, and Jim had that one instance to snatch up a guillotine, got it, went for it, and got the tap. So great for him. And, you know, Cerrone, you know, hung it up, um, which is, you know, guy put in a ton of fights, a ton of highlights for the UFC. He's going into acting now. And yeah. we always, I always talk about, you know, I, wa- I want these guys to have an exit strategy because, you know, you can't do this forever. Hopefully the acting career, I mean, I mean, Mark's it, it dancing around it, my man. Yeah, Mark's dancing around it. My man is joining the Ben Shapiro and other weird yeah. Republican. Well, he, he was in the movie terminal network. list, which I guess is with Chris Pratt. And I, you know, that's not. And then the other acting gig that I heard he has is that Gina Carano, Ben Shapiro. So it's like, I don't know how well that's going to do. I don't know. You know what, Ben? Well I, you know what, uh, Donald? I hope all the sh- all these morons 
pay to watch your movie though. I hope sure, you get all the yeah. money you can out of it, out of them. While they all, you know, while everybody's all I believing just, this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I just hope that Donald, look, man, just don't give me a reason to not like you anymore. Just oh, don't Google Mike. You're fine. Just don't Google oh, anything then. Okay. I'm already there. Mark was sitting next to me. I was saying stuff. Okay, during this pay per view. Um, I want Jim Miller to stick around, man. If that's not going to happen, I think PFL. If I was going to guess, I think he seems like a PFL kind of sure, guy. Yeah. Um, or Bellator. I don't know who the Bellator lightweight champion is right now. Yeah, I can't quite remember. But oh, the pitbull yeah, I mean, brother, right? Options. The pitbull brother, right? The other one, the lesser pitbull. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Jim Miller can beat his ass. We'll see what happens. Um, Ian Gary, Gabriel Green, Marcus. We want our way. We, we, we Stefan made fun of us for how we were excited for Ian mm. Gary. Were we, was our was our excitement justified? Because I was cooking during most of this fight. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean Ian Gary has continued to show that you know he's a real talent. Um, Gabe Green was just like a very game opponent. This guy took a lot of hard shots and kept going, kept pushing the action, kept kind of being the aggressor. Um, but when Gary would land and line up those, I think I think it was right straights. It might have been left straights. I can't remember if he was southpaw or not. Like he was doing some serious damage. Obviously, won this fight. I think continues to, to show growth and, and just a lot of um, confidence and maturity in his fights because he's very young. We've been hy- hyping him up. There's a lot of hype around him, and he still fights very smart. He doesn't get over aggressive when he when he hurts the guy. He's very cerebral out there. He picks his shots. He does the damage. He gets the W. So it's going to be interesting to see how he continues um, and see how the UFC matches him up because obviously I want to see him against some wrestlers. I want to see how he does in these other avenues because I think stand up he's going to do pretty well with you know the higher echelon guys. But he's still young, and I still am very interested to see how he matures as a fighter. All right, um, Mike, did you catch Drickus, Diplessis, or the Andre Muniz fight? Because I did not. I don't remember what happened either of those fights. Do you? Uh, I know I watched it, but I can't remember exactly what happened in those fights. Uh, okay, you know what? I just want to say congrats to Drickus because I'm always impressed when anybody beats Brad Tavares. Anyway, yeah. do it. You he, see it, Mark? He, yeah, he, he he came out with a lot of aggression early on. Brad was bleeding all over the fucking place, right? It backfired hard because he went for a lateral drop, messed it up. Brad got on top, and it was like, oh, this guy's going to veteran him out. Rounds two and three, he stuck to the striking. He looked very fatigued, but he kept going after it, was landing big shots, opened up some big cuts, um, and kind of you know had to persevere after a, a tough first round, but did it. and looked good doing it. Um, and then for the um, Muniz fight with uh, Uriah Hall, I need to remember Andrew Muniz because I forgot he was the guy that armbarred Jacare. Oh, yeah. This this guy's <laughs> ground game is fantastic. It's, His stand-up's mm-hmm. not bad either. I mean, obviously, because he does not care about going to the ground, he does not mind throwing kicks to the body and being a little aggressive on the stand-up because what are you going to do? Take him down, and that's exactly where he wants to be. Yeah, I was telling you before this one day while we lost the Misha fight, and I was <laughs> like, this would not be a bad one to put in there just because Andre Muniz is really good. And, like, he hasn't lost in the UFC. He is... He had to win two contender fights, which I don't get how that works. And he's won five fights with four finishes. This was the only well, non-finish. What I was mostly impressed with was in the first couple uh, rounds, his takedowns were really good. He went for singles and completed them in one motion, right? He did not get to the legs and was like, okay, I'm going to get him against the cage and try to work the takedown there. He was like, no, I'm I'm doing the, the three steps I need to do on this single to complete the takedown and get him down. Got Uriah's back multiple times. 
and, and that's where it kind of stalled out. He would get his back. And what's really cool about his style of jujitsu is anytime someone gets the back, they're always fighting for the triangle. And this guy loves going for arm bars. So he kind of likes to bait the choke and get you thinking he's going to go for the choke and then go for the arm bar. And he really didn't go for many arm. He was kind of setting it up, but never committed to it and basically just controlled the fight. So in that regard, it, I kind of wish he would have gone for it a little bit more because he might've been able to get the sub, but you know, just played it safe and got the W. So no harm. Yeah. There. I, we got to give him a guy though, man. Like you are, you don't, you go undefeated in the UFC. You just beat the number nine guy. Like this was he, a guy. He that, beat the number nine that's guy. That's what I was going to say. Like he was nine. So he's, in the top 10 now, it's going to be interesting to see how he does Brunson? with the rest of it. That'd be really interesting. Brunson, yeah, I like Brunson. I'm looking at number five, Brunson. Just because I think another guy who can grapple will be fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, you give him, like, Darren Till. I think he'll just ruin Darren Till's life. Yeah. Because people people, so. people are calling. They want to see it. Is, is, is he fought Darren, fight Darren Till one day. That's not how you do that. You got to have Darren Till fight, mm -hmm. like, Sean Strickland. And then, like, mm -hmm. maybe and then just give it to him at that point or something. That's going to be it. Sure. Um. Macy Barber, man, I'm Macy Barber 2.0. I, I, I'm, I'm on board because uh, mm -hmm. she came back after tearing her knee, lost that fight to Alexa Grasso. But mm -hmm. I, I, not that I disliked her attitude when she was very brash and confident before, but I can tell now she's really like, and these are all been decisions, these wins, these three wins she got. But mm -hmm. I can see she's getting better with each one, and. She's becoming a more complete fighter, and nothing about what I just said makes me think she beats um, Valentina. Sure. Uh, but you know what? She's she's 24 years old. She wanted to be the for youngest UFC champion ever. Not going to happen, I guess. But you know what? Mm -hmm. She's still extremely young. She train. I like her training with Team Alpha Male because that's where um, this all changed for her. Mm -hmm. She's undefeated since going to Team Alpha Male, I believe. Um, you're the right size for Team Alpha Male, man. They will yeah. make you. They will get you to a pay per view main card. You bunch know, of a uh, bunch of tiny people. You know what yeah. I mean? They may. They may not. You, Team Alpha Male may not make you a champion, Mark, but they'll get you to a pay per view main card. They'll get you there. You gotta have hey, some ability. You wanna to... hold on a second? They They got. They have two former champions. No, I'm saying not every one of them no. is champion. They got Cody became a champion, and uh, TJ was a champ. I thought they might have had another champion too. That like another women's champion fought there. But I can't recall. those two at least, Cody and TJ, they'll get you there, man. You know, th th that's a good gym for that. So I, I yeah, like her it's improvements. The, it's the improvements, yeah. The yeah. improvements have been impressive. Her her clinch game was really on point here. And she's able to utilize the clinch to strike well. And then breaking off the clinch, she's right in the pocket where she needs to be to land her big strikes. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing less of, her, less of her in the stand-up and the free range and a lot more clinch work. But she's doing damage there and really improving in that aspect. So it's been good to see. Uh, Jessica, I retired. Yeah, man, props to her, man. She said she spent her entire twenties and half her thirties in MMA, and she's uh, she says she's done. Luna, calm down. Sorry, my dog is freaking out over here. Um, funny enough, funny enough, both of you are uh, attending to your dogs at the same moment. Well, mine just True. did a big shake and left the room, annoyed. Um, yeah, just a guy, man. Good for her. Good career. Made it to the UFC. Got a title fight. Didn't go well, but you know. She made it. You made it. To, you know, not everybody gets to become champion, but you become a, you. You get a title shot. It shows you were at one point one of the elite members of uh, the sport. So, what else do we say, Marka? Huh? No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of her hopes and dreams were on getting that shot, and it didn't work out. 
she's had you know um i think she had to get her gallbladder removed she was having you know ah. issues with her body and that's she was saying she couldn't really take uh body shots but you know she she went out there she was always a game opponent um and you know i think it was the right time for her so you know best best for her yeah she got she got that title fight against valentina then she went one and four so got a win then four straight so you know and and Mm -hmm. not against cupcakes though calvillo calderwood jennifer maya and macy barber that's four tough fights on the way out the door four tough fights uh finally this is where mike and i lost money immediately julio storielenko all right, man. Jessica Rose against Jessica Rose Clark. Jessica Rose Clark comes out uh, to Shawn Michaels music. She's a sexy boy. Daniel Cormier's having a yeah. Daniel Cormier's having a field day. <laughs> He's talking about the boyhood dream and WrestleMania 12. Joe Rogan just looking at him like he's crazy. Mike wants us to get to get sued by WWE music this week. Apparently. Um, I guess there's a whole the thing with word. the where anybody go on Ariel's show. He tries to convince them. They're like, he'll put them on the wall at the MMA hour if they come out to a wrestling song or something. So I guess somebody came out to the Shane McMahon song one time. So this was uh, Jessica Rose Clark. So long story short, uh, was good. she got a good strike early on. Then she got on the ground and she got armbarred. And I don't even think she had a chance to tap before besides uh, Julio Storylenko tried to point that arm northwest, south, and you know, and southeast and west, man. That was, uh, that was, she cranked that shit. Um... Marcus, you see this? Because uh, this woman looks mean. She looks real no, mean. <laughs> I, I didn't. This was the one fight I missed, unfortunately. You gotta get on that. Forget on that uh, ESPN Plus, man. It's forty-two seconds long. You know, it, it gets a little. It's a little graphic, but uh, I'm. I'm not gonna forget her, Mike. Are you? <laughs> no. And as I always like to say, if I'm gonna lose a, a very long parlay, I don't want to lose it by like one leg. Did we hit every part of it? I don't know. And here's the beautiful thing we about losing the first leg of the parlay. You don't need to look at the rest. What if I look and we went 11 of 12? It doesn't matter. What if we went 11 of 12, Mike? I'm starting to think we might have. <laughs> look, man, you don't you don't pick out If I look, do you want me to not you tell you? don't check the rest of the legs. Do you want me to not okay. tell you if I look? Don't tell me. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Me. It was an awesome card, I thought, top to bottom. I mean, the main event left a little bit to be desired, but I had a good time, man. Might have something to do with the fact that I actually got to watch fights with my friends, a large group of us, for the first time in uh, a hot minute mark. But overall, you give me two title fights. One's One was one-sided, but a fun watch. The other one was one-sided, but kind of a boring watch. Mm. The rest of it was okay. I was good with the card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> UFC's next pay-per-view is in, uh, I want to say, three weeks. Are they going to end of July, this next one, I think? Uh, UFC 277. Let me see if I can find this while we're talking. UFC 277 is July 30th. Right. Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes 2. Kaikara France versus Brandon Moreno 2, apparently. Both for championships. One a real one. One the UFC just made because Davis and Figueroa thinks he has more uh, power than he does. Also, uh, got Derek Lewis on there. Uh, Alex Perez and Alexander Pantoja. Anthony Smith, who did good work at his at the desk, by the way. Really good work by Anthony Smith, I thought. I like him as an analyst. Mm-hmm. He comes off very professional. It's nice. Um, so yeah, USCP for you gonna be in Dallas, Texas, uh, for that one. Um, at the American Airlines Center, where the Dallas Mavericks play basketball. Uh, MMA news this week. Um I don't know. Did anybody see anything? 
Nah, we're, we're over an hour. We still need to make yeah. a pick. There's no no news is good news. By the way, Alex Pereira card. says two days after the fight, he weighs 219 pounds. Yeah, big so, boy. That's big, big boy. Man. Um, he comes out. Uh, the uh, the betting odds are out for Izzy versus Alex Pereira. Uh, coming in at minus one eighty. Izzy Adesanya to Pereira's plus one sixty. So if you want to get odds of on Izzy Adesanya at middleweight, that's less than two hundred. This is going to be your last chance, probably. Um, and then for Oliveira versus Volkanovski, we got uh, where the hell did that go? Can I get a goddamn betting odds? Um, plus 110 for Vol... This is close, too. Oliveira minus 130. Volkanovski plus 110. This is a real two. The betting odds for both of these people being like, ah, we don't know. Um, probably Izzy. That's also our... That's what we got. Um, all right. Um, real quickly with news. Um, yeah, nothing's going on. Um, a lot of respect, uh, showing between Max and, and, uh, Alex after the fight, which I like to see. So, yeah. We're gonna make our pick for this, uh, Rafael versus Rafael fight. Uh, that's happening, uh, next week at, I think, the Apex, I hope, because the rest of this card is not got a lot of stars on it. Yes, it is. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, actually, we're talking about that now, I guess. We have nothing else to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, does anybody got the betting odds for this fight up? I'm looking at you, Mr. Sanchez. By the way, uh, since we have a second here, when Mike does this, yeah, yeah, yeah. when Mike does that, um, Sal Diamato scoring the first round for, uh, Sean O'Malley. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need to know why. That's it. Just one tweet. Just give me he, a sentence. Why he didn't? He didn't listen to Inferno. I mean, he had money on O'Malley. Is that what the implication is, Mike? That's correct. Okay, Mike's throwing sheet. Do you want me to give you the odds? I now I'm now looking at them. I've got. I've got the odds. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mike got real person. <laughs> hey, I got it. I got it. Now, Mike. Rafael. Wait, is, is Rafael Fizev? Is he uh, Brazilian? I believe it's Fizeev. He is uh, from Kazakhstan. Okay, all right, because that's very important. Yeah. Um, so Rafael dos Anjos and Rafael is a plus one sixty four underdog. While Rafael Fizeev is mm-hmm. a minus two fifteen favorite. And based off you having the championship belt mm-hmm. uh, on on your little girly shoulders. Uh, you want me to say what the, the standings are, right? Why don't you put on your stupid ass sunglasses as I well while I you're at them. I don't know where I put them. I think I dropped <laughs> oh, them. That's a, that's a shame. Well, I hope here they dog, are. It's I hope under the control. Dog fucking shit on them. Um, anyway, why is he so anyway. harsh today? It's not my fault. He's bad at this. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. All he right, knows so that. That of, one cut deep. As, as of today, uh, July fourth, Meyer Lansky's birthday. Also, did you know Meyer Lansky only five feet tall? So that's something. Represent anyway. short kings. Me and him. Uh, the uh, reigning douche, uh, Doctor Law, is thirty-six and fifteen. Very commanding in first place. What did I? Well, you gotta tell me what I did last week too. Uh, you were six and one. That's uh, right. Congratulate, congratulations, bravo. You know uh, what? Inferno, I'm okay with the one. Inferno we was love still you. better than you. We love you, Robbie Lawler. I'm okay with the one loss. <laughs> uh, Mark had a very good showing as well at five and two, upping his record to 34 and 17. Chalk bringing up third place at 33 and 18. And I am falling further and further behind at 31 and 20. 
If you beat 500, <laughs> you're still looking. That's good. That's respectable. I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know what? I'm going to say really getting close. Mike, you're getting close to 500. <laughs> let's, start, let's start looking at the, let the favorites. Hey, excuse me. Excuse me. I went 4-3 last week, so I inched further away from 500. Okay. You're getting close to that line, Mike. You're getting close to that I'm line. not getting close. I'm getting further away. I literally went above 500. That is above 500. I'm getting further away. Well, it, it, okay? depends. it depends if you were... A, you're, okay, never mind. You're fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Hey, um, hey. I am lagging behind you guys. Doesn't mean I'm doing bad, all right? 31 to 20 is respectable, okay? No, that's fine. For sure. It's, 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 it's good. Um... All right, like guys. Uh, team, all right. No one really likes it, but it'll get the job done. That's right. Um. All right. This championship title staying right here, baby. Um. All right. Uh. UFC at the Apex got some interesting people on this card, but uh, really, just uh, the main event is one that really stands out and actually sounds um like a good fight, not just two people we know, but a matchup that I'm actually pretty into. Um. This, I think this was booked to happen a couple times, too. Um, COVID yeah, it was positive test that... We were supposed to have one. it first, February 19, 2022. And then Fizeev had visa issues, so it got moved to UFC 272. And then a week before the event, Fizeev got COVID. And then the third time we're now booked for it is July 9, 2022. Um, so... Um, we got Rafael Fizev coming in, Mike, at, uh, what was the odds? I just had him up. Uh, I know, apologies. sorry. Uh, Fizev is a minus 215 favorite. Right on. And this is coming on uh, DraftKings, uh, for those of you curious. Uh, this is coming two. on FanDuel. Sorry, we FanDuel. FanDuel fan. No, yeah. Okay, I was looking, here, I was looking at the word DraftKings while I said FanDuel. And plus 164 for Dos Anjos. Um, if you want to pick Dos Anjos, you probably go to DraftKings because it's plus one eighty over there. You get paid more money. Um, probably also make the Fizea bet over there too. He's minus two ten. In general, that seems like the place to, <laughs> to get paid on this card. Um, Fizea, man, um, just been on a run, man. Uh, he got into the UFC, lost a fucking rough one to Magomed Mustafaev, got spinning back kicked, um, put away by TKO there. Since then. Alex White, Mark Diacasey, Hanata Moicano, Bobby Green, Brad Riddell, those last three especially, big wins for this man. Uh, five straight wins in the UFC. He's 29 years old, training in Thailand uh, over uh, and also with Sanford MMA, actually, apparently. So no longer. He was at Tiger Muay Thai. Now he's training at Sanford MMA, which is with, um, forget his name all the time, Henry Hooft. Henry Hooft, yep. Henry Hooft. Um, 11 and 1 overall, 7 knockouts, 1 submission, 3 decisions. Rafael Dos Anjos, man, the ageless wonder. Uh, the man's former UFC world champion, former gold medalist in the World Jiu Jitsu Championships. <coughs> Honestly, a legend, if we're going to pay the man proper respect. 31 and 13 overall, back to back wins over Paul Felder and Hanato Moicano. Hanato Moicano being a common opponent for both these guys. Um, that he snapped a two-fight losing streak in those two wins. Both of them main events, both of them five-round decisions. Um, actually, I don't think it was a main event for him and Moicano, but it was still five rounds. I don't remember why, to be honest. Um, I'm, I guess I'm picking, I got Fizeev. 
Um, to continuing the tradition of this podcast, not giving Rafael Dos Anjos enough respect. Um, but honestly, Fazave looks good. He fucking murdered the Riddell with that wheel kick. That was that was that was rough. Uh, Riddell's having a rough one, rough go at it these days, man. Um, these past these past two losses have been unfortunate for him. Um, but yeah, I uh, I I'm, I'm big on this kid, man. He's got a lot of potential. I know it's lightweight. He's probably gonna win about no, 15 more fights. But he's currently ranked. Um, I want to say he's like 12. No, sorry, he's 10. And Dos Anjos is seven. But I got I got Fizev getting it done here. Uh, Mark, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think there's just there's a bit of an age gap here, and Dos Anjos, you know, is coming off two wins, so it's not like he hasn't been performing well. Um, but Fizev just just seems to be kind of this newer generation at 155. We saw a couple weeks ago with that main event, like there is a new generation of talent at 55 and i think he's part of that and maybe even leading the pack um so this is a big fight for him i mean dos Anjos is a very dangerous opponent he has a, a lot of experience a lot of five round experience which uh Fizeev hasn't gone to the deep waters that potentially could be an issue but i think just youth is going to be on his side on this one that's why i got him uh mike so Fizeev is the favorite what's your pick for this one uh, yep, yeah, we're going to be sweeping this one. Uh, he's looked really good in two of his last three, two performance of the nights. Um, as you mentioned, that knockout of Riddle was fucking amazing to see. Um, you don't see a wheel kick very often, and you don't see a wheel kick that actually connects and knocks the guy out. Um, not to say that Dos Anjos isn't a live dog in this fight, but I'm going to go with Young Buck in this one. Well, not really young, Buck. He's 29, but he's just much younger than Dos Anjos at this point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all of us and the betting community have got the young guy here. Dos Anjos, man, is still here, though. just want to say, we're, we're like, this man was champion. I just had it in front of me. God damn it. Um, Probably like seven years ago, right? Yeah, I want to say it was. Yeah, that sounds right, honestly, because, I mean, I remember, like, one of the guys he beats during during his title reign was um, Cowboy Cerrone. This man won the UFC title in March of 2015 and lost it in uh, July the following year. Um, not a lot. I mean, I'm just saying, man, it's just impressive he's still here. It's still a top 10 fighter. Um, and been in multiple weight classes doing good work. So, um, the rest of this card... Um, Honestly, not bad. It's just, well, we only normally only know one end of this thing. But Armin Petrosian, Kayo Bora, hello. Just look like some young guys, Mark, that probably don't, we don't know why they're in the co-main event, but there's some hope there. Um, 11 and 1 and 7 and 1 for them, respectively. And um, Saeed Nurmagomedov, I want to say, was he the one that came from, was it Bellator or PFL? Nope, that was somebody else. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Saeed Nurmagomedov uh, trying to. He's related to him, right? I'm not about to make some shit up. Probably. I mean, I don't know for sure, to be honest. But Yeah, whatever. We're going to say he's related to him. Um, only Nomega met off to lose a fight in the UFC. Um, he's out there uh, taking on uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade. And the fight that's on here that's intriguing me is Cynthia Calvillo versus Nina Nunes. That one, you know. Mm-hmm. And I like the... Uh, I'll, I like Ayman I- uh, Zahabi. He's uh, Faraz's uh, younger brother. And he lost a couple fights in the UFC, but he's still, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in, to, in him. 
And of course, we got the champion's uh, sister, Antonia Shevchenko, taking on Iron Courtney Casey. So the stuff here or there. I don't understand this brow this bout order, but I guess they're in an empty gym. They can do whatever they want. You know. Uh, let's do stuff we like. Right on. Um, who watched Stranger Things? I have not finished watching it yet. All right, we'll talk about Stranger Things. Well, we might not next week. It depends. It depends if we all see Thor next week. It's going to see if we talk about Stranger Things or Thor next week. Um, but okay, we won't talk about Stranger Things. I thought it was good, and I'm interested in where we go from here. That's is there is there going to be a fifth season? I think I, mean, I thought is. this was I thought this was it. I thought this was it too, but now it seems like there is. Good these uh, these okay. kids are getting mighty old. No, <laughs> I mighty old should be pulling off fourteen. Well, one of them is like a, like a rapper now. I think. Um, uh, don't be racist. Don't tell me it's the black dude. I think he is. I think he's. Ra- <laughs> I think he's rapping. You know what's bad? He might not be a rapper. He might just be a singer, and I might have assigned rap to him, and now I feel bad. Um, I will say he has a very sweet flat top. Yeah, his name. I was trying to pull, Caleb. I swear this guy. I think he's a rapper. Please don't make me look bad here, internet. Tell me he's a rapper. Uh, that's right. He's he's got something going on with music. Hopefully it's rap. Hopefully he's got something. That beat is sweat. That was accumulated. He's got he's got something. He's got something going. I might it might. Yeah, he's a rapper. I see the word rapper. We're good. (laughs) We're okay. I am not violent. I I saw a music video. He was in a car. I remember thinking, is he old enough to be driving this car? I guess he is. So he's twenty years old. Uh, from Carmel Hamlet, New York. Mike, you know where that is? Not in New York City. No, it is located. I wouldn't know where to describe where this is. Does make me think of Carvel, though. Is it? Bob, we're almost an hour and a half in. I don't care like, like, where this guy lives yeah. in New York. Okay, nah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, all right, uh, Stranger Things is real good. I don't know what else I really watched. Um, yeah, I I don't. I don't got anything. I think that's what I did. I watched Stranger Things, and I learned how to smoke chicken wings, which. Mark could say, they're pretty good. Yeah, a great success. This is the key, guys. You just put a fuckload of marinade and throw it in the smoker. Plays itself out, pretty much. Um, yeah, that was it. I don't got a lot then. Um, Mike, what do you got? Uh, two things. Uh, you mentioned the guys from Carmel, New York. It made me think of Carvel ice cream, and now I kind of want them Carvel cake. Cause Mike wants a fudgy the whale. You know, man, when you get when you get to that crunchy like cookie crumb layer, oof. Are you more That's of a cookie uh, puss guy or are you a uh, fudgy the whale? What, what, which one are you going with, Mike? Um, I go with either, either one, man. E- both of them got that cookie, that cookie layer I just mentioned, man. Okay. All right. Um, it's all good. I, all right. <laughs> we don't discriminate on the Carvel cakes. Anyway, uh, the actual thing that I like this week, it's a movie that perhaps Steph actually came on and talked about it uh, on a guest appearance or maybe he just mentioned it in passing in our group chat. But I actually watched the Michelle Yeoh movie, Everything, mm-hmm. Everywhere, All at Once. Or maybe one of you guys mentioned it. No, I think, uh, I think he told all of us it, individually. Did you tell him on the show? Did you talk about it on the show also, Marcus? I, he I mean, I did. did. I did. You did. I he did it, I don't think. He did. He just I told he me did, it was one of his. I thought He told me it was an all-timer it, for him. Yeah. Mark did. Mark mentioned it on the show. I watched it. I watched it on a whim a couple of days ago. I wanted to watch Lightyear, but, you know. There were no real good movie times for Lightyear, so I thought, oh, fuck it. Uh, I remember one of the guys saying this is a good movie. And it was a very, it was an excellent movie. Um, 
I couldn't recommend watching it more considering that someone on this podcast already spoke about it. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but just to say that it was a very good movie, very touching, a very funny movie as well. Uh, it hit all the marks. It was uh, very, it had a very good pace to it. And there is nothing about the movie I can critique. Nice. Glad you enjoyed it. Marcus, what do you got this week? Yeah, I got a handful of things. Um, I did jump back into Horizon Forbidden West. This came out right before Elden Ring, and then Elden Ring came out and kind of just took over. Um, I circled back into it, and I've really been enjoying it. Um, a sequel to Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, um, which was you know a PS4 kind of big exclusive game. This is the sequel to that, and I, I've really been enjoying it. I think it's just more of that game, but polished. I, and I think the, the mocap performance... And the kind of, you know, visual performance the actors gives when they're kind of doing their dialogue scenes, I think is vastly improved. I think it looks a lot better. Um, and I think the story is just easier to follow uh, so far and has been a little bit more engaging. So I've really been enjoying that. Uh, a flick I caught, which came out a while ago, was the new or the, the newest Jackass movie, Jackass Forever. I I've always liked the Jackass movies. I mean, they're fun. I think it hits this weird kind of ground where there is just some kind of like gross kind of like shock value kind of stunts they do i mean look at if you don't want to see uh was it jono what's that guy's name steve-o steve-o's dick like don't watch this movie because it's there in full prominence in some disgusting scenes um but they also like sometimes they have really clever kind of like stuff they do too um i think it's it wasn't a very long movie but like it just seemed like it went by so fast it was just like that the pacing in those films it's just like, it's on to the next thing. It's like, whoa, that was crazy. On to the next thing. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think if you're a fan of those of that TV show or those flicks, you'd really enjoy this. Um, and if not, if like gross out kind of like stunt and people people getting hurt isn't really your thing, it might not be as enjoyable for you. But, you know, my wife, Christine, really doesn't like that type of humor, but I she still enjoyed watching this movie. They're the parts of it she kind of came in and out of. Uh, last thing, I did start watching this newest season of Umbrella Academy. And to be completely honest, I like season one a lot. Season two, I kind of like zoned out. I wasn't fully paying attention or giving it my full, you know, attention when I was watching it. So far, season three, I've really enjoyed. Again, like I think it's the premise is very easy to follow. They kind of mess with this timeline, and there's this other kind of academy called the Sparrow Academy, and there's stuff going on there. I'm only three episodes in, and I didn't check to see how many episodes are in this season, but I've ten. really been enjoying it. There's ten. So there's, there's yeah, quite a bit. I'm there. on. I'm watching it. I'm, I'm not done with it either. I'm on, I want to say I'm like on seven. Um, okay. It's been interesting. It's, uh, what's his name remains the best part of the show for me. Always. I think he's so good. I, I, I should look Centauro up the kid's name. can take care of the your guy. Who t the guy who's uh, playing five. Yeah. Um, I, I would say like in, in this particular season, I am enjoying the full cast and the other Academy's cast probably more so than the other seasons where there was definitely times in some of the other seasons where it's like when they're focusing on certain characters, I would kind of be like, all right, I'm not super engaged here, but I've been more engaged with this season. So I've really been, enjoying did you it get too. to the part with, uh, Elliot page and yeah. The thing? And I thought, you know, her transition was something I was interested to see kind of like how they worked that into the, um, to the show, because obviously previously she was Ellie, uh, she was Ellen page and now, Elliot Page, um, and then in the show she was—I can't remember Vanya. her Vanya to to Victor. I think yeah. is her name now, or his name, I should say. Um, 
And I thought that was handled really well. And I think what was what was really nice about that is the how the other characters responded to it was just very supportive. It was like, cool. You know what was really uh, what, I wouldn't say it's a subtle thing, but what I liked was like was they're like, Oh, I'm Victor. And they're like, Since mm-hmm. when? It's like since always. And they're like, Okay. And then um five goes something like, Nice to meet you, Victor, and that's all fine, but she like he she, he had done something. And like he's like, You don't speak for this family. I did appreciate that immediately. He's just like I'm not concerned. I mean, look, I support you, but you just fucked us over yeah. with this other. You know what I mean? I like yeah. that. They just they didn't make it a thing. It was just okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they just that and was I thought I, that was great. And that's really what I think everybody would want. You know, you'd imagine yep. just like yep. this yep. is what we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm enjoying that. I'm looking forward to watching. Is there's more no of it. source material, is there? Or yeah, there I, is actually. There's a comic. There I think book. it was a comic. I think it was a comic series, which I'm not familiar with. So I don't. It's uh, oh yeah, this was the one where the guy from um what's the band um. My Chemical Romance. There it is. Yeah, Steph was a big fan. We were kids. I remember. I don't know if, how much However, is still there. They um, they've deviated quite a bit from the source material. Some mm. of the big beats are the same, like the introduction of the Sparrow Academy, the whole thing in the second season about preventing. Um, I think it was a preventing JFK's assassination. Yeah. Um, some of the really big things have remained the same, but some of the others they've just gone. Do you think Mark? Do you find? Are you watching it, Mike, also, or not? I'm on, like, episode two or three of the current season. So do you get to the Victor part or not? Or we just ruined that for you? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I got to that part. Okay, good. Um, I, uh, yeah, I dig the show. I, I, what's his name might be too stupid now. Just putting that out Diego? there. Diego? Luther? Luther. Diego's still stupid. Diego's, but, Diego, but mm-hmm. they lean into what's his name stupidness a lot now, I feel. Sure. Like, I mean, he's big, like, big ogre. Uh, I mean, to be fair, his backstory was like he was abandoned on the moon for what, like fifteen years. Yeah, but he wasn't portrayed as a dumbass. I felt in the first season. I think maybe everybody's just like this guy's a fucking idiot, and now he's just a big oaf. He's the Kendrick Perkins of this show, Mike. Is what I'm saying, right? Just a big buffoon. Shots fired. (laughs) Shots fired, Kendrick. Shots fired. Um, I I'm thinking. I think they do a good job. I are you still watching the boys, Mike? Yeah, I am. Didn't I'm finish? all caught up on the boys. Yeah, so it didn't finish yet, did it? It has. Yeah, no. All right, I I was telling, I was talking to our friend of a mutual friend of ours, Sal, and I was telling him how I kind of was done after like I watched a couple episodes of the season. I was like, this isn't bad or anything. I just I don't care what's happening here. And he told me he thought the beginning of the first season was slow. The season was slow, but he thinks it's really picked up. Do you agree that it's really picked up the show or? yeah no yeah i've I've enjoyed I, I've enjoyed every season of uh, of the boys, but. I would agree with what our uh, mutual friend Sal said. Um, the The season started off a little slower, but it's definitely picked up. It's start really starting to hit its crescendo in the last episode. The um, you know it's weird, like the fact that I know he's like a Trump. It's like a Trump allegory, um, and it kind of oh. always been, I guess. Homelander. Yeah, Homelander. Part of me is just like I'm. I'm. I'm There's enough of that in real life. <laughs> There's part of me where I'm like. I don't need an allegory. <laughs> We're still living this nightmare. Um, but I will check it out eventually. I watched three seasons of the show. Or two seasons. This is three or two? I'm not sure. It's either three or four. It's three, three or four, I mean. Three or four, yeah. Yeah, because it's the same as Umbrella Academy. It feels it came out literally within like a month of each other. And then, you know, this release date. Um, oh, I guess the Umbrella Academy show, the, the book is not dead? Or it's on? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's still going. Um... But anyway, um, yeah, um, I'm digging Umbrella Academy, Marcus too. I think they're doing a good job. I've always, <laughs> I've always liked it more than the boys personally. 
though the second season was a bit like I didn't care about the entire subplot with the farmer's wife. <clears throat> didn't mean anything to me. Um, it's like this season of Stranger Things with the whole thing with the bullies, the high school jocks, Mike. You and me can have a conversation about high school jocks when you're done watching this show. Just letting you know. Um, all right, guys. Um, we want to thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Um, that's it for this week. We're going to be back next week where I believe we are previewing. I don't think there's any more breaks for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Um, where we are previewing this banger, which I'm, we're going to see if we can convince Mike to go, Mike to, go to this, of uh, Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. I don't know why we need to convince him, actually. That sounds is like it, a good time. Is it, in, is it in Uncasville? No, it's in, uh, I think, uh, Long Island. How far is Long Island for you? How bad is that? Uh, closer to Uncasville. I'm yeah. assuming it's in Nassau Coliseum. It's in um, what, the uh, UBS UBS Arena. Is that what they call Nassau Coliseum now? Yeah. Okay. It's in the UBS Arena. That one's uh, that one seems like it's on ABC. That actually looks like a good time. There's some stuff going what, on in that car. What weekend is that one? July 16th weekend. Well, I mean, wouldn't the tickets be sold out already by now? <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. Maybe. Man. Jesus. Maybe I don't know how they're how well they're doing. I'd go. I know what if I if they we don't get shows here anymore. We only get Bellator, and then Mark and I miss it. Um, yeah, uh, Misha Tate, Lauren Murphy on there too. Michelle Waterson, Amanda Lemos, Muslim Salikov, and Li Jing Lang. Shane Burgos on that card. There's some stuff happening, Mike. Jessica Panay's on that card. Just saying, if you got nothing to do, it's what you should do. Um, we're gonna talk about that next week. Um. We're getting closer to this UFC London card, which, you know, Mark and I are going to be especially jazzed for, for our respective boys of Patty Pimblett and Tom Aspinall. I've decided I'm a Tom Aspinall guy, by the way. Mm -hmm, I'm just going with that. Um, But yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. Mike's guy, Nikita Krylov's on there too, Mike. Don't worry. I didn't forget about you. You're you're a big, you're a big, uh, you know, Nikita Krylov, Al Capone guy, even though he's now got the stupid minor nickname. Be back next week, though. I was Dr. Law, your champ. That was Lavender Gooms. That was DJ Mark. We'll see y'all next week. Happy 4th of July. It's not going to be 4th of July when you listen to this, almost certainly. I'm saying it right now. Kevin Durant's going to the Raptors. See y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. Yeah. We can be one of those podcasts that just talks about the outro at the end. Like Mike and I could just be talking about it. Do you think he's going to the Raptors, Mike, really? What do you think? Huh? I've, always, I've always wanted to talking over the outro. I always feel it's a lot more natural. We could do it, because at the point I just tell you the music isn't playing anymore, we could just stop, you know? So, they're still going, <laughs> just right now. <laughs> Is Kevin Durant actually going to go back to the Warriors? You're going to have to give up the whole scene for him, though. Ah, yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs>